End to End is back, episode number 36. TV and Joe are here with you. And it's one day into the Stanley Cup final. Game one happened last night on Saturday, and the Dallas Stars ended up winning 4-1. And we haven't announced our predictions yet, Joe, but I think we're going to do that once we read out all the news that's happened over the National Hockey League uh, for last, I think, month or so. Uh, so then we'll get into our predictions. I don't think one game's really going to stunt the way we predict this series is going to go, but... The Dallas Stars are up 1-0 in the series, and yeah, so we got a bunch of people sending in clips of their predictions, and we'll also play that before our prediction at the end of the episode. But first, we have some, I guess, breaking news that happened Friday night. Uh, Joe, you want to say it? Yeah, so Alex Petrangelo is reported by Darren Dreger of TSN that apparently contract negotiations have broken up or fallen apart, and that I think they're willing to let him test free agency. But then there's been other reports that they might they'll make like one final offer, I guess, before when free agency opens, and then Petrangelo will decide, I guess, then and there if he's going to resign or not. And then, like right now, all signs are pointing to him going to free agency, which is so stupid mm-hmm. on the Blues part, because everyone knows that last year they brought it, they traded for Justin Falk and then signed him immediately after they traded him to like six and a half million, and he's like their on their third pairing and he did not do good at all offensively with the blues so it was just kind of like a weird trade for to get him in the first place and then now like it kind of screwed up their cap now they had to they made a couple trades or they made one trade that actually freed some cap space that we're going to get to a little bit later but i guess it still hasn't worked for what petrangelo wants so we'll see what happens there yep yeah, that's uh, when your captain's a free agent. I think you just gotta throw everyone out the window and sign, try and sign them, cause like that's your franchise player, that's your captain. And yeah, he probably deserves Yossi money the way he's been out for uh, the past couple years in the league. He's put up good numbers, and he's obviously won the Stanley Cup with the Blues last season. But yeah, with a guy like Petrangelo hitting free agency, that's like one of the best defensemen ever to hit. I think Niedermeyer hit once, and he went to the Ducks, I believe, or was that a trade? No, it was free agency. Yeah, so like Alex Pedrano was right underneath Niedermeyer for that position with the best defenseman hitting. So uh, we'll we'll keep you updated on that with the next episode. Um, so yeah, Petrangelo might hit. I don't I don't know. Like he's saying that they've broken off, but then the Blues are saying he's allowed to test free agency. That doesn't mean he's gonna sign with someone. That means he's just gonna like see what the price is out there, and if yeah. the price isn't good, he's gonna go back to the Blues and say, okay, I'm ready to accept. So yeah. That could be what happens, too. It could be, like, a negotiation tactic because they're basically, maybe they're saying, hey, like, the market reset because of COVID. Like, you're not going to get what you think you're worth anymore, unfortunately, because of circumstances. So maybe that's, like, a negotiation tactic, but it's a very risky one. Yes. And then just, I guess, a little bit of breaking news. I don't know if this guy's still good, but Jimmy Howard is testing free agency. This just happened, like, five minutes ago. Friedman tweeted it out. Uh, so yeah, the longtime Red Wings testing for agency. I don't know who's gonna sign him with that save percentage and record he had last year, but <laughs> okay, two wins. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm sure someone would pick him up as a backup goalie now, but I don't know what's gonna happen with him. And then going to like probably the biggest news in the last, I'd say, two weeks or so. The Minnesota Wild have been in the news, making trades, making signings, and uh, if you want to list them off, go ahead. Sure. So first, we'll get to the. I guess I'll do the trades first and signings, and then we'll get to the big news after because it's actually big for like in terms of their franchise. 
So they actually uh, traded away veteran center Eric Stahl to the Sabres for Marcus Johansson. So that was a one-for-one one deal. No picks were involved. And this is like kind of came out of nowhere. Like Stahl has been so good in Minnesota since he signed there, I think, in 2016. And he they both have one year left on your deal. I think Stahl's at 3.25, and then Johansson's at like 4.5 or something like that. Something like that. And I think, honestly, this is a win for the Sabres. Even though Stahl's a lot older than Johansson, like he's still a really good player, and it's he, they it's kind of what they need in Buffalo. Like he can be like that veteran center that could still produce. He could play with Jack Eichel on the power play. Um, he could, he's probably gonna be their second line center most likely, maybe mm-hmm. third. But I think it's a good trade for the Sabers, and then for the Wild, like I don't really know what I think they maybe they want to get a little bit younger with this trade because they both have one year left, so it's not that big of a risk. But yeah, and uh, the next one was a massive signing that they had, signing one of their core defensemen, Jonas Brodin, to a seven-year, $42 million extension, which is an average of $6 million a year. So this deal actually doesn't kick in until after next season starts. So it starts in the 2021-2022 season. And like um, this kind of is a weird one. Like Brodin's obviously a really good defenseman for them, left-handed shot. But that kind of raises questions for someone that's been in the news recently of Matt Dumba potentially being on the trading block for the Minnesota Wild. Like he's at six million for another three years, I think. Since they just locked up Brodeen, they have Spurgeon long term. They still obviously have Suter's massive contract to yeah. pay him out. Still, just very interesting what they're going to do with either Dumba. They're going to keep him, maybe expose Suter in the Seattle expansion draft. That could also happen. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see. And then the last one was just a minor deal. They acquired a hometown boy, Nick Bugstad, from the Penguins for, I believe, a conditional or future considerations or a seventh or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, very, it was like a nothing. Because Bugstad only played, I think, 13 games last year. So it's kind of like a very low-risk move for the Wild, so I like it for them just because they gave up basically nothing to get like a, a third-line player if you can stay healthy. So Yeah. But then you want to mention their big news of what they didn't do? Yeah, so what they're not doing, the Wild, is not re-signing their longtime captain, Miko Koivu. And Bill Guerin came out, I think it was Friday or Thursday, saying that they're not going to re-sign him. And I don't know how you don't re-sign your longtime captain. I think you want him, I guess, part of like the end of his career and the start of your rebuild, I guess. And I think you want him there just for the veteran presence to mentor the young guys coming in, like Kaprasov and guys like that. More more guys are coming up that are young. But, like, just kind of a slap in the face to Miko Koivu, honestly. Like, I think he's been there his whole career. And just to say, all right, now you're out. Like, now you don't matter anymore. Like, he's not a bad player, but, like, he's not a good player. He's, like, a third, fourth-line guy. But still, I mean, with that significance to that franchise, the long he's been there, it's just kind of, like, terrible what they're doing. Yeah, they kind of disrespected him. They could have even brought him back. Like he was at a pretty high cap hit because he did. He signed a two-year deal a few years ago at like five and a half. So obviously they were looking for a pay cut for him. Maybe he didn't accept one from yeah. them. But like he's right now, he's probably worth like maybe a one or two-year deal worth maybe one to two million per yeah. year. He's like a perfect like fourth, even th- maybe third line center. He's, he's old now. He doesn't score as much, but he's still good on face-offs. He's a playmaker, veteran presence. I'm sure teams will be interested in signing him for sure. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it got picked up. But like, think about next year. Like, even if you didn't like, let's say you don't put a no move clause on him and you sign him this summer and like you don't protect him in Seattle, I think that's much better than just doing this. Because like now you're just exposing a guy for no reason and he's just old and hitting free agency instead of going to a new place for like nothing. But I don't know. It's kind of weird for uh, Bill Guerin to do this. So, but all the moves the Wild are making, at least they're making moves. But I don't know if it's the right moves and the logical moves to make. Like I don't know if Marcus Johansson is a second line center. Like I don't like he's not. That guy, he's a winger, uh, third-line winger, I think, at most. Maybe sometimes a second-line winger, but that's too much of an ask for him. The last couple of years, he hasn't been that good. And Rodin, you need to lock him up, but that, again, like what you said, it exposes guys like Suter and Dumba now who just haven't been signed recently, but like now you sign Spurgeon and Rodin to these massive contracts, and I think you just said that, okay, these guys are part of the future now, and these other two guys, we don't know what they're going to do with the expansion draft. And then Buke side, you're just bringing in for another centerman role. They don't really have good centermen anymore. They just got rid of three center, or they just got rid of two centers here in Stahl and Koivu. So you're bringing in Johansson and Buke side now. I don't know how that works. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see what the Wild do. But like they did get younger, but that doesn't mean they got better. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah. So some other kind of uh, signings here: the Flyers sign Abdul Kubel. I probably butchered his name. <laughs> To a two-year contract worth $2.15 million. He was a pretty good player for them in the playoffs. And he's really young, so that's a good signing for them. Depth signing. And then my Montreal Canadiens have been pretty active so far since they've been eliminated by the Flyers. They First of all, they acquired Jake Allen from the St. Louis Blues for a third and a seventh. I think the third is this year's and the seventh next year, I think. Or it's this year as well. And then they got back a seventh for next year. So they basically got Jake Allen for a third, essentially. Yeah. Which I think is a very solid deal. Like, he is at, like, over $4 million as a backup. And they invested a lot of money in their goalies with Price. Yeah. But I think what they saw is that with all the rest that Price had because of the, the stoppage and stuff, he looked, like, unreal again. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, like his numbers were great. He looked engaged and stuff like that. So I think their thinking is that since he's only has one year left, Alan, they have the cap space this year. Like they still have over ten million, or I think even with another signing that they just did as well. Mm-hmm. But their thinking is that if we can play Price maybe fifty games and then Alan the rest, then and if somehow we make the playoffs again, mm-hmm. then they could have a better shot because Price is well rested. Yep. So I like it for them because it's only one year. So if it doesn't work, then it's fine. But it's a good option for this going to this year. And then the other one is that they traded the rights for Joel Edmondson from the Carolina Hurricanes for a fifth-round pick and then proceeded to sign him to a four-year deal worth about $14 million total. So that's an average annual salary of three point five per year, which is okay. I'm not too thrilled about it, but I'm not mad about it. Like He's a solid defenseman, but I think just the fourth year is too much. If it was three years, I think it would have been a perfect deal. It's very similar to the one Sherrod signed last summer. Yeah, But he was only 27, and Sherrod was 28, so it's like not that much of a big deal. So I think this could be a good signing for them. He's going to be their like, fourth, fifth defenseman, probably mostly through the duration of the contract, I would say. 
he might start playing with Petrie going into next year and then we'll see how things go from there. But then even if he is a third pairing guy, well, it's not ideal paying a third pairing guy three and a half million. Yeah. He can still play the PK. He's still young enough that he could skate. He's not like a bad skater really. And there's not too much to not like. Like he's a he's an upgrade over the defense they had now. So mm-hmm. if it's, it's not a major upgrade, but it is an upgrade in my opinion. Yep. That puts a lot of defensemen on that Montreal roster next year. Romanov's coming. Uh, I'm sure he's going to get a shot to play, whether he's good or not good. Uh, enough to play in the National Hockey League. He's going to get a shot 100% in the league. So I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, but they have a lot of defensemen signed. The Montreal Canadiens do, and that's not a problem. I think that's a good problem to have because you have so many guys to choose from and pick that can play in the offensive and defensive zone usually. So, yeah, it's not a bad option to have when you have a lot of defensemen signed like that. But uh, seems to me, like, I've on Twitter, people have been bashing the Montreal Canadiens for these moves and saying, why are you guys signing all these big guys? You need to sign a number one center. And I, I agree with that to some extent. But, I, like, at the end of the day, like, if you have the best defense or more defense uh, that can play more of a defensive game than other teams, I think that's a win on your defensive core. But... The Montreal Canadiens, there's no secret about it. They need a number one center, and I don't know whether they're going to get that this summer, but I think you guys have to hope that Suzuki pans out to be that guy, right? I'm really hoping he is. He showed he showed that he's really good in the playoffs. So if he can build on that, and then he'll most likely be the 1C going into next year. If, like, There's a lot of questions they have, like Domi's on the trade block, potentially, yeah. or Deneau, all this stuff. So they could either have, like, those guys going in or like two of them not being there so it's gonna be interesting to see but like i think he could be a first line center in the nhl whether he's an elite one i don't know but he'll if he isn't an elite number one center he's definitely an elite second line center yep so hope like i don't know what's gonna happen it's gonna be an interesting off season yep i mean good on the montreal canadians for already starting up the trades and stuff like that and then they have their draft and then free agency hits so they're, they're not done making moves, Montreal Canadiens. No, they're not. Uh, then we go to the Blues. They're hiring former Stars head coach Jim Montgomery. I believe he will get a ring if the Dallas Stars do get a Stanley Cup. I mean, he coached some of the year, but I don't know for sure if he's going to get one, but I'm sure he does because he did coach in the season. But, yeah, he's going to the Blues as the assistant coach. Uh, the Coyotes named Bill Armstrong to their uh, – for their GM spot, their vacant GM spot that John Chica left. And everyone's like, oh, why is John Chica leaving? And then now we know because now they have no picks in the draft. Yeah, that organization is a tire fire right now. And they weren't even good to begin with. Yeah, they literally just screwed themselves and are right back in a rebuild somehow. After one year, not even wonder, just like a good one year. Yep, and they weren't even projected to make the playoffs either. Yeah, so, with Hall and the boys. Yeah, that's going to be a big off season for them, especially with no draft picks in the first, second, or third round. So they got a lot of moves to do, and they got to acquire some young talent and picks. So we could be seeing the Arizona Coyotes uh, dog shit again for another five years. So yeah, what what they can do honestly, if to just do damage control, since I have I I'm like ninety nine percent sure Taylor Hall is not resigning there. What they could do is maybe trade their rights to a team that wants to sign them, kind of like what Montreal did. But instead of getting a fifth back, because it's not Joel Edmondson going the other way, 
you'll get Taylor Hall and maybe you can get like a, a third or a second round pick back just for the rights to negotiate first if the team is interested. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, even for like Phil Kessel, you could probably trade Phil Kessel and get some picks back. Like, if they really like want to go into full rebuild, rebuild mode again, then you could do that. I would not trade Darcy Kemper, even though he's, I think he's 30 or 29, something. he's in his late 20s, I think, even though he's projected to be on the trading block, but I'm not sure what they're going to do. Yeah, they just signed Aiden Hill to a one-year, one-way contract, so yeah, just spice things up a bit for Darcy Kemper and Auntie Ranta, but I'm not sure anyone wants to acquire Ranta because he can't stay healthy, but Kemper's a great solid goal in the league. I don't know what they're going to do with him, so they got a lot of work to do, just like the Montreal Canadiens, but not as much desperation as the Montreal Canadiens, for sure. And then the Washington Capitals hired their new head coach, Peter Laviolette. I think that's a great signing for them. Uh, their head coach is, he's won, he's been there, he's been to the dance. Not, not, not sure like how many times he's won going to the dance, but he's been there before. He's been in the playoffs before. And with an experienced group like the Washington Capitals, I think he's going to do wonders for them. Yeah, I believe he's been to the finals, I want to say three times. Once yeah. with... I forget who in the early 2000s he was with someone. And then um, then he went to the finals. Yeah, he, he won with Carolina in 06. And then he went to with Nashville in uh, 2017. So he does have like a success rate when going to new teams starting off. And I think this is a good move for the Capitals because they're still in win now mode. And I think this, they need to make this move. Like they need to win and they should be in for another cup again. Like they still have that core. They're still all producing, even though they kind of got embarrassed uh, by the Islanders in the first round there. I think it was more just, they didn't want it. They, they kind of like didn't care about it or something. It was very odd, but um, I think it's a good hire for Washington though. Yeah. Yeah, you got to, when when Mike Babcock was in the mix, I just feared for Alexander Ovechkin because somehow, some way, he would not be playing the full two minutes on the power play because Babcock does not like to do that with any of his players. Uh, no. So, yeah. That would have been awful. That would have yeah. been the worst decision they would have made is getting Babcock. He would have put Ovi, making <laughs> Ovi play 15 minutes a game. Exactly. That's, yeah, this is a good hiring for them, for sure. And then... Speaking of Babcock, his former team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, are hiring Manny Malhotra as assistant coach. I mean, say what you want about it, but it's just an assistant coach. <laughs> I mean, it's the coaching hasn't been a problem for this team. It's the players. So whether the players want to listen to Manny Malhotra now, go ahead. But Yeah, so I think for this one, like I was kind of listening to it on the radio after they hired him. They're saying like he's a very detail-oriented guy. So maybe that's kind of what they were looking for in an assistant coach. The Leafs are like just more like looking at the finer details of the game and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. And of course, he's like a face-off whiz, so he'll help the team in that regard because they have two elite centers who should be able to win like face-offs and get possession for their team. Yeah. So I think it's a good hire. I just don't know what else he specializes in. Like, does he do like penalty kill and stuff like that? Like, I have no idea. I just know like. What people were saying around the league is that he's like a detail-oriented guy, which isn't a bad thing at all. Yeah, no bad. And he's a Mississauga boy. He's close to his hometown now, so. Yep. Yeah, that's good for Manny Malhotra. Right. So now, so we're recording this on Sunday, mm-hmm. September 20th. 
And last night was Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals featuring the Dallas Stars and Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, well, Tampa, I mean, Tampa looked just tired this game. Yeah. And it's, I just purely blame it on the NHL scheduling, refusing to just give players a day off. I know they want to get the bubble done, but if they, if they want a good product on the ice, you should be able to give these guys some time off to recover. It's the cup finals. Like, you don't want Tampa looking very sluggish as they did last night versus Dallas, who has been off since Monday. Mm-hmm. And because of that, Dallas won 4-1 in game one. Yeah. Uh, Tampa just went full desperation mode in the third. They had like 23 shots in the third period, and Kudobin stopped all 23 of them. Yeah, And they needed to because they played a sluggish, like you said, they played a sluggish two periods to start. I don't get what the rush is, though, because the NBA, like last night, the Celtics and the Heat played, and now they don't play till Wednesday. Yeah. Like, that, that's called rest. Like, that, that's, that's why those two teams look good. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so dumb. Like I know, like players want to get back. I understand right. that, but like, you, since you're at the final, you have to, like, I don't know. Like you, you should be able to cater more to like putting on a good show, making sure the guys are rested. Hmm. Like this is it now. This is the cup final. This is not the qualifying round, man. Yeah, and with all the injuries that's going on behind the scenes, I'm sure that one day of rest would have actually really helped each team. So. Uh, yep. And then there's a back-to-back in the schedule for some. Yeah, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So, I, I don't know. That's like game four, five, back-to-back. So, Friday, Saturday, I believe that happens, which is, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about a back-to-back in the Stanley Cup final, but whatever. It's, it's very the, stupid. The excuse very stupid. is the bubble. Yeah. But, which is really dumb, but whatever. And they're um, also both elimination games, too. Games four and five, potentially. Yeah. Could be. yeah. But yeah, so the Stars are up one nothing. They won 4-1 last night, as we mentioned. And we got a few clips that people have sent in, a few voice notes that people have sent in on the prediction of the Stanley Cup final. So we'll play that before we get to ours. And uh, yeah, just listen up for these predictions by our couple listeners. What's up, guys? Unfortunately, my, uh, my prediction of the Vegas Golden Knights making the Stanley Cup finals did not happen. They almost made it, but uh, they couldn't get there. Um, my prediction for Stanley Cup Finals between Dallas and Tampa is going to be Tampa and six. I think this is Tampa's year. They have to win with this core group now. Like it's either now or never. Because um, I'm pretty sure next season coming up, they're going to have a bunch of free agents on the market um, from their roster. So it's now or never for them. And I think they're the better team here. So I'm going Tampa and six. Hey guys, um, Thomas asked me to give me my prediction for the Stanley Cup final. And I think in my opinion, this is Tampa's year. They're always one of those teams that uh, they're always in the talks to win it. Always top two, top three in the conference. I think similar to the Bucks, but they they just end up getting upset every year. Something goes wrong, injuries, all that. But they made it this far this year, and I think they know that they can't let an opportunity like this go. So I think Tampa's going to take it. So with my prediction for the Stanley Cup final, um, I've come down to it and thought about it a lot. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going in seven games. Uh, My reasoning behind it, I think Tampa's looked really good. I know they're a little banged up. Um, Vasilevsky's been playing 
some of the best hockey he's ever played. Victor Hedman looks better than ever. And they're getting scoring from everywhere. Braden Point has been unbelievable. Nikita Kucherov has been business as usual. And guys like Anthony Sorelli, you know, Alex Kalorin has really stepped up. Andre Palat is playing unbelievable right now. I think there's too much offense um, there for Tampa. Um, you know, we've seen it with Dallas that they took down Colorado and they took down Vegas. Uh, it all comes down really to Anton Kudobin. And if Tyler Sagan wakes up for Dallas, it can, it can be really interesting. Either way, I think it's going to be a close series. But I think in the end, um, I think Tampa is going to pull it off. And I think they're going to be your Stanley Cup champions in seven games. Um, I might be wrong, but I've been wrong plenty of times before. But I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going in seven games. My Stanley Cup final prediction is that the Tampa Bay Lightning will win in six games. I just think this team is too motivated after 2015 and specifically after last year. All these guys keep getting so close and keep getting the praise of wanting to be champions and they've always come up short. I also just believe they're a better all-around team than Dallas looking at every position. I would believe they'll just find a way to get the job done in six games. Christian calling in from Ottawa. Um, I'm going to say that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to take it this year uh, just because I want to see them win it after that embarrassing bit of history from uh, from last season when they won the President's Cup just to go on to get swept in the first round. So I think with a win here in the finals, no one's going to be remembering that. So from that, uh, I didn't really tell you what they said, but just basing off uh, what I listened to, everyone has said the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I had a certain theme that went on during the clips as I listened to all of them while I downloaded them was it's their time to year and it's basically their last shot at getting this with the, with the crew that they have and the core that they have. So that, certain, that was a theme between all the voice notes. It was their last year and they have to win it. And they picked the Tampa Bay Lightning in six or seven games. So uh, your prediction now, Joe, what's yours for this uh, Stanley Cup final? So, okay, I'm not going to deviate from the pick, but I just, like, I have faith in Tampa. I said Tampa in six games because I do agree. It is their last kick at the can with this core. Like, I know for a fact, like, Tyler Johnson will be gone mm-hmm. after this run. He makes $5 million and he's, frankly, not very good anymore from what he used to be when he yeah. first came up with the Lightning. So they're going to get rid of that $5 because they have to sign Sorelli, they have to sign Sergeyev, whatever. Then... But, like, I wouldn't be, like, surprised if Dallas won. Like, Dallas, like, just, they play this game. It reminds me a lot of St. Louis last year. They just grind, and they're very, very opportunistic. They they get outshot almost every game. Every game in the Vegas series, they got outshot, but they won in five games. Like, they just capitalized on their grade-A chances, and Vegas didn't in that series. And they, they were a snake in Vegas, to be fair. And then, so far, I mean, it's only game one, four, one. With that empty netter, but I mean, just they're just they just score when they have to. They just kill all momentum, and then that's it. And then they just clamp it down. Hudobin stands on his head, and they win. Yep, it's the kind of game they play, and they have good defensive players to do that. Um, but for my prediction, I'm going Tampa in seven. <sighs> like everyone said in their voice notes, it's the last kick of the can, dude. If they don't win this this year, I, I it's not their franchise isn't a joke. It, they just can't get it done. Like I, I don't see how the Tampa Bay Lightning don't make significant moves next year after five years at going after the Stanley Cup and getting embarrassed last year in a sweep against the Columbus Blue Jackets and then finally going to the final 
after 2015 by the Chicago Blackhawks where they were said not even to be ready and they were just such a young team. And then five years later, you look at 2020, we're in the bubble and things are getting weird in 2020 and the Tampa Bay Lightning are still not champions. So I don't see how they can't put their heart and soul and blood, sweat and tears into this final without hoisting that trophy over their head in game seven. So I'm going to go Tampa in seven. But like you said, Joe, I'll be surprised if the Stars win. They just play such a complete game. And, you know, when they're up in the game, like we saw last night, they didn't go down ever again. So they're just one of those teams that just holds on to that lead and plays that defensive style game that you can't really get by. And let's remember, this is the same Dallas Stars that were 12 seconds away from being down 3-1 to the Flames in the first round. Yeah. How many games have they lost since then? Like, not too many. Four. Four games. Yeah, Yeah, not too many. So, Well, Tampa's the same. I mean, but just like Dallas, like, they were so close to being, like, a stranglehold in the first round, and here they are, three wins away from the Cup. Yep. They've been, they've taken down good teams, for sure. They they have. I think every team, I, in my opinion, they upset every team. Maybe Calgary was very even, I would say. They upset Colorado because the injuries, in my opinion, Colorado would have won, no problem. And then Vegas, they just shut down Vegas' offense. Yep, like they did last night as well. Yep, shut down Tampa's offense. They're a good team. They're a sneaky good team. Um, With that signing of Joe Pavelski, it's really worked out. He almost has more goals in the playoffs than the regular season, which is crazy. But, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. Their team is good. Gurionov, they have good they have good depth and they have good defensive players and that's what wins you the Stanley Cup. So uh, that's our prediction. You have them in six, the Tampa Lightning, I have them in seven, so not very far off, but it is a game in uh, to the Stanley Cup final starts up one nothing as you mentioned. So we could see the Tampa Bay Lightning tie the series, their stars go up two nothing, and if, if they do go up two nothing, does Steven Stamkos play the next game? I would force him to play. Like I don't even care if he's like healthy enough to play. Like you have to play. I'd be like, dude, please. Yeah. Your 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 season, your like, your uh, credibility is on the line as the captain of this team to play. If they go down two zero. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be desperation time for Tampa Bay for sure. And then you have Braden Point playing on one damn leg, and he's still one of the best players out there. Yep, and, he is, he's and, a gamer, man. So that's. Uh, Tampa Bay's got to figure it out. I know it's just one game, but again, it's the Stanley Cup Finals, and if you don't get goals, you don't win hockey games. So they were they got shut down four one last night. But the awards are going to be named. The rest of the awards, the bigger awards, are going to be named tomorrow. And I guess we'll either record an episode or make an article about uh, our winnings and our predictions if we got it right, because we did write an article a few months back about the predictions for the awards and. Gotta say we weren't we we're not very good at this. Uh, we've gotten I think you got one with Selkie and Couturier if you uh, in that article I think. Yeah, I got I called that one. I could like try, I'm gonna try to pull up the article now if I could find it quickly. Yeah, because once all the awards will be named, we'll do an article or an episode just dedicated on our uh, predictions and what we got and stuff like that. But yeah, the big ones are tomorrow: the Hart, the Norris. The Vesna, the Calder, and the Ted Lindsay? No. Yeah, I think so, yeah. The yeah, Ted so Lindsay, they haven't announced yet. Yeah, so the big five are announced tomorrow. Yep. Uh, 
I could find it. Yeah, but, like, we kind of had this discussion in our group chat that, like, the NHL, like, in our opinion, kind of, like, butchered some of these nominations or some of these awards. Yeah, well, I certainly feel like that they did that. A lot of them, like, I was like, that is not right, man. Like, some of them are just, like, out of left field. Yeah, for the coach of the year, I mean, I'm sure Bruce Cassidy is very deserved of the trophy, but... In a year where you just lost half your roster in John Tortorella and the Columbus Blue Jackets, and then you proceed to upset, I get not upset the Toronto Maple Leafs, sorry, just take down the Maple Leafs in the style you play. I think, like, dude, you gotta pick John Tortorella. Like, he's gotten snubbed so many times for such a good coach. I know, he's been. Team. Yeah, go ahead. Them down. I, uh... he, just, he, just, he just takes teams down, that's all he does. I know, just, he knows how to win. Like, I think they said, I was listening to Spin Chicklets, and I think he's been nominated, like, five times in his career. Like, that's nuts. And he's won twice. Once with Tampa, I think when they won the Cup, and then once with Columbus uh, a few years ago. Yeah. So he's a damn good coach, and he's definitely going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's the best American coach ever. Has the most wins. So, I mean, like, he's well-deserving. He should have won it this year. That was, like, a, I was, like, really pissed about that one. Yeah, and then with the Selkie, I think I picked O'Reilly for that one. I mean, all the guys are very deserving, but I think Sean Couturier really showed this year why he's one of the best defensive centermen, and he frankly showed that throughout the whole season with his offensive play as well in there as well, mixed in on the Philadelphia Flyers with that great center core they have. And then what was the other award that was named? We didn't uh, really GM of the year, the Jim yeah. Gregory. That was a dumb one as well. Yeah, we didn't really predict that one, but I felt like... Well, they didn't announce it actually until like a few weeks ago, but I felt like Julian Bourgeois really should have won that one, taking over Steve Eiserman's job and making these signings and trades. And frankly, they've all worked out. I mean, Barclay Goodrow, say what you want about him. He has like no points, no goals in the playoffs, but he just fits in on that third line. It's a great grinder, so I don't know. I think... Breezebro should have won that award. Do you have the article out? No, I can't find it for some reason. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, but so all the major ones will be announced tomorrow. Then we'll react to that. Hopefully they get some of them right. Like the only one I really want them to get right is the Hart and Pick yeah. McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Because he definitely is the most deserving in my opinion. Carrying that Avalanche team through like November, December with all those injuries. And almost single-handedly putting the team on his back to beat the Stars in seven games when Landeskog went down. Johnson, they're both of their goalies. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. And then, I guess an update perspective from the breakdown, we are going to be doing the top 50 players article in the NHL. So we did that last year. It was my idea. And then all of us at the Breakdown Sports voted on those top 50 players. And then I think it was five of us last year, but we have a bit more NHL people now. So... Once we get that vote in, those series of articles will come in, and then we'll see what players didn't make the list this year from last year and last year from this year. So we'll get that out as soon as we can after the season. And free agency is in October. The draft's three days later. Or, sorry, the draft is three days before free agency, so that's going to be a busy, busy week for the National Hockey League. And uh, we'll see Alex Lafreniere in the New York Rangers jersey. Yep, it's going to be so fun after the finals. Like, I feel like there's going to be so many random trades that's going to happen because of the flat cap. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see. 
Yep, and then I guess I guess we can we didn't really mention this news, but Gary Bettman had a press conference yesterday saying how the NHL is deciding to do an 82 game season next year. Yep, I uh, don't know how that is going to happen when you are going to start a season in January, and they still they said they want to end mid June. So that's impossible. I, I'm not very good at math, but that seems to me like almost three to four games a week every week. Yep. That's not. So, I don't think that's gonna fly with the players at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that's gonna happen. If like, anything, do a game season. Yeah, you do sixty. Even if you do eighty-two games, you're gonna go into mid-July again, which is fine. Yeah, and then just start the next season in November again. Like at least it's kind of getting fixed. Why are you gonna burn these guys out? They're gonna be like, walking caskets by the time you get to the final. Play like a hundred yeah. games in like a hundred fifty days. Yeah. And you're Doesn't gonna make a lot sense. More injuries. Yes, you will, and then an inferior product, which is all the NHL cares about, is money. If you want <laughs> your product to look good, you got to rest the players as your superstars. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And then you have Seattle coming in. They said they do not want to delay that project. Uh, so, and then I was talking about last night when I went over to my buddy's house. I said that. So, if you do start the season in let's say January and you do want to play eighty-two games, you're not finishing until July. And then you still have to do the regular NHL draft, and you have to do the expansion draft. So these players don't even know what team they're entering a month before the season starts because the season will start in September because of the exhibition game. So you're not even going to know what team you're on in, in for a month. Yeah, and unless they delay the start of the season. So like they'll do like, they probably won't do this because they're dumb, but they'll do like the, so whatever, the, say the cup is handed out like mid-July. Yeah. So a month later than what they said. And then you immediately you do the draft at the end of July, free agency, the beginning of August. So August 1st, whatever, instead of July 1st. And then just everything's delayed a month. Yeah. And then you could do like preseason games, beginning of October, regular season starts like November 1st or something like that. Which doesn't bother anyone besides the NHL, which is very yep. stupid. So. so dumb. And then I think they announced yesterday, I believe, that cap is not for sure going up. And what else did they say? Yeah, I don't know. Just the scheduling and stuff like that um, will not change. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, we went through all the news. We went through our predictions. Whether we get it right is the question because we don't really do get things right. At least me, I don't get really get things right on this podcast or in the articles. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with the awards tomorrow. And then, obviously, the Stanley Cup final is going to end in about a week and a half or so. So we'll get to another episode before the draft and the free agency happens just to predict some things and see what goes on in there so uh, i think that's pretty much it from end to end uh yeah if you have anything else yeah just keep a lookout on the art on the top 50 articles like thomas said they'll be coming out in increments of like 50 to 41 every week yeah. or something like that so keep a lookout for that and then yeah we'll definitely have a lot more episodes coming between now and like the end of free agency so we're, we're kind of going on a bit of a roll right now to just finish off the NHL like season. So just yeah. stay tuned for that. Yep, that's it for me. Uh, N10 will be back soon. Join us. Woo!